This is Father Aaron with another podcast. past few weeks, we have been hearing the various parables of the kingdom, as retold by St. Matthew's Gospel. Today, we hear the last of these three parables, the treasure in the field, the pearl of great price, and the net. Now, the parables of the field and the pearl of great price really go hand in hand, because they reveal two different ways a person might come upon the kingdom of God. On one hand, someone might come upon the truth of the gospel by accident. Of course, we know that nothing regarding God occurs by accident. But the one who finds this treasure is not looking for it to begin with. This is the person who sort of stumbles into the faith, or into a true devotion to God. He is not necessarily a convert, but there is something new to the faith he has found. I can think of people who might have suffered a terrible loss, or were facing a real crisis and sort of stumbled into a relationship with the Lord. They didn't intend to find him, but Christ found them. Usually, for these people, their newfound faith is something very precious, precious enough that it might even they might even conceal it out of fear of losing it, or because they don't really understand it. You see this when someone falls in love with another person, but has not yet come to a point that they can reveal their true feelings. There is this initial finding of a treasure and then a hiding away of it in order to keep it safe. The other category of people, the pearl of great price, are those who start out seeking the Lord. The merchant in the parable has seen a pearl before, and he knows its value. Our Lord says that this particular merchant is searching for fine pearls. There's an active and intentional element to this search, as opposed to the passive and unintentional finding of the treasure in the field. These are the people who are already performing some sort of spiritual work in order to become holy. Maybe they go to daily Mass or they have some sort of daily prayer life and devotional life at home. It is doubtful that the merchant spent all his time searching for pearls, but perhaps he knew when and where to look for them when he had a chance. And so too, this category of people probably don't spend every waking moment of the day in church. But they might say their morning and evening prayers, or read scripture for a few minutes regularly. In either case, they know the value of the spiritual life and are actively on the search for God. Now, in both parables, the result is the same. The one who finds the treasure sells all he has and buys the field. The merchant sells all he has to buy the pearl. 
Now, we can initially hear our Lord say this and think that the two men sell all those things they shouldn't have. But is that really what the Lord is saying in the parables? Jesus tells us that the two men sold all they had to gain the kingdom. This is a significant point. The type of devotion which is due to God requires us to give up far more than just our vices. We must be willing to give up even those good things we love in order to truly be devoted to God. In the opening prayer of the Mass, we prayed that we may use the good things that pass in such a way to hold fast even now to those things which ever endure. A young man who is seeking the affection of a woman has, to some extent, give up some of his time with his friends, or maybe the amount of time he spends watching sports, or some favorite food of his that, he, that she doesn't enjoy. It is not just our evil deeds that must go, but our attachment to the good things as well. This is why fasting is such an important spiritual practice. When we temporarily deprive ourselves of those things which we love, especially when they are good for us, we learn to transfer that love to God, where it is properly ordered. We hear in the lesson from the first book of Kings that Solomon is given the opportunity to ask for anything from God. And surely God would have given him anything he asked. It would, have, it would have not been a bad thing for Solomon, the king of the Lord's people, to ask for victory over the pagan and idolatrous enemies of Israel. Those same people who would eventually overcome the kingdom and force Israel into exile. It would not have been a bad thing for Solomon to ask for gold so that he could build an even more beautiful temple to the Lord. But Solomon asked for the ability to govern wisely, through the wisdom to differentiate between good and evil. Solomon isn't just seeking to overcome his enemies. He is seeking the pearl of great price, the love of God. And so he lets everything else that is good slip away so that he may gain God. And that is the other essential element. The merchant doesn't sell everything he has so that he can become a pauper. He sells everything in order to buy the pearl. Finding the treasure and finding the pearl were at no cost. But gaining them is what takes sacrifice. The young man does not stop watching football because he wants to sit at home and do nothing. He wants the affection of his beloved. And so he gives up something he values in order to gain something he values even more. And so too in our relationship with the Lord. When we give up those things we love, we do not end up empty-handed. We may have to do without them for a time in this life, but in the world to come we gain God. This is a point which often brings us into contention with non-Catholic Christians. For most Protestant denominations, our relationship with Christ is based on faith alone. The gift of God's love is freely given, and all we must do is to, to receive it, is to accept the gift through faith. And they are not wrong. God's love is a free gift, just as how finding the treasure in the field came at no cost to the one who found it. But the Catholic is not satisfied in merely finding this treasure. We want to have a full share of it, not merely because it is of benefit to us, but because we desire to have an even greater closeness to God in heaven. This is why St. James writes that faith without works is dead, or why St. Paul says the one who plants and the one who waters have a common purpose, and each will receive wages according to the labor of each. All of us have access to God and his heavenly kingdom through the free and initial gift of grace offered in baptism. But our experience of heaven after that point 
is affected by our capacity for grace. St. Therese of Lisieux gave the image of a thimble and a cup filled with water. On one hand, both can be said to be full, but the cup certainly has more water in it than the thimble. In the same way, our experience of heaven is affected by the capacity of grace we have through our own life of virtue. In other words, the actions we do here on earth, while not gaining for us the initial gift of God's love, which came through baptism, they do aid us in having a greater share in heaven. That is why the sacramental life of the church is so important. The gift of grace that comes to us in the sacraments truly aids us in having a greater share of heaven. A few years ago, I was with two priests who were discussing how to care for an infant that was close to death. The younger priest had already baptized him, but the older and more experienced priest was, rather forcibly, telling the younger priest to return to the hospital in order that he might confirm the infant as well. Why? Because we have the gift of faith. We have the faith in the gift that comes to us through sacraments. That child will have a greater joy in heaven now because he was confirmed than he would have had he only been baptized. Now it was not confirmation that gained him the reward. That was offered to him freely in baptism. But his joy in heaven was aided by the grace of the sacraments. And that brings us to the final parable, the fish and the net. The bad fish are those who not only did not divest themselves in order to gain the greater reward, but who did not desire the reward from the start. If the man who found the treasure did not protect it, it would have been lost. If the merchant did not seek the pearls, he would not find them. The bad fish are thrown back, not because they were created evil, but because they did not desire God. The young man who chooses to to not show his affection to his beloved may not necessarily be choosing the worst path, but he will not gain the beloved. In this way, though it may be difficult for us to hear, we can understand why God allows some people to not enter the kingdom of heaven. God does not force himself upon us. He reveals himself to us, but we must desire him as well. He does not will that that we be mindless servants. He wants us to want him. And ultimately, this is a sign of his great generosity. God tells Solomon that because he asked for the right thing, he would receive more than he asked. The man with ten talents receives ten more. We have received the means to gain the treasure in the field, but are we willing to do what it takes? Today we offer the greatest gift we have received back to God, the gift of his Son through the holy sacrifice of the Mass. But the sacrifice we offer here should be emulated in our hearts and in our homes by our own personal and smaller acts of sacrifice and fasting. Then we will not merely receive ten, but a hundredfold, the gift which God offers us in his mercy.